Welcome to the Phase World Podcast, engaging conversations that cross the boundaries between business, art, and the digital world. I am very lucky to have met a young man whose name is Lee Skunas. Lee is one of my yoga teachers and a more recent one I've encountered. Lee's only 25 years old, yet he was able to change my perceptions toward many things in life. One day I found myself saying to Lee that his energy is simply irresistible. Life can be difficult sometimes, and Lee seems to carry that mechanism to help him and his students bounce right back. The secret ingredients reside in the things he says and the things he doesn't have to say. His classes are always packed. Sometimes 45 to 50 students in the Coolish Corner Yoga Studio. Insane, right? Lee may be the tallest guest I'll ever have on the Face World podcast. Standing at 6'9", I verified that he is, in fact, two inches taller than Tony Robbins. Lee flows through various yoga poses with ease. In this two-part interview with Lee, he reminded me that true wisdom often comes from the messy stuff in life. As an incredibly talented and aspiring yoga teacher, Lee believes in walking the walk by doing the work. And he values students as much as they value him. For those of you who are interested in becoming a yoga teacher and perhaps have contemplated the idea for a while, Lee offers the most transparent answer to evaluating whether this could be a path for you. There is no better time to release this episode than Valentine's Day. Yay! Lee opens up our conversation with what is a relationship? What is love? Do we need to have everything all figured out? So please enjoy this authentic exchange and hope you find it easy to relate to some of the topics we chose for our conversation. Show notes, links, and resources can all be found on my website at faceworld.com, F-E-I-S-W-O-R-L-D. If you enjoy listening to the Phase World podcast, the bestest gift you could possibly offer me are a review on iTunes and also sharing my podcast with your friends and families. Thank you for being with me on this incredible journey and having so much fun along the way. Please welcome Lee Skunas. All-knowing guru, like whatever formless name guru, wise, higher power, whatever that name may be. And I heard, um, I think it was Devi Prima who sang it, um, but it's just a click. There's something so simple and pure about it. Um, so I'm going to do that one next. do even want a relationship and where's the pressure to be in a relationship and 
Do I want it to be polyamorous? Do I want it to be a throuple? Do I want it to be a committed monogamous relationship and looking at where am I in that and what's not even saying like what's the right thing but looking at where I'm at in my life right now does it have to be this big thing can it just simply be enjoying somebody next to me or mm-hmm. you know the, the quick attachment to figure it all out mm-hmm. I'm still answering that <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think- I just I wish there was like you turn a page and there's your answer but it's not it's not it's and, not and believe it or not it's not even the case with people who are married. I once thought, you know, uh, you're probably much younger than I'm 31. How I'm 25. Old? Yeah. So, uh, 25, I, I remember when I was younger. It's like, it has to be pretty trivial. Like, you know, I, I once thought that married people had it all figured out. And, and I realized my parents never had a figure No. <laughs> no, we put this, like, pressure and pedestal on people to, like... I put it on myself to have it all figured out or like people who are older have it all figured out or people who quote unquote look successful have it all figured out and it's like it's no mm. like we're all in that same and some people have it better than others and you'll you'll like expand in some areas and then you'll contract in those same areas and like it never I wish it were finite and you always just kept growing up but that's clearly not how life works mm-hmm. that yeah. makes sense it's like, um, <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I Tales from the bathroom podcast from yeah. Coolidge Corner. Exactly. You know, my mom is, um, using my mom as an example, as a very, very successful artist. And she's 62. She's been going at us, say, for 50 something years. And growing up, I was always painting, drawing. And I, you know, at school, my art teacher told me, you have to be better every time. Like, that's what life is about. That's what learning is about. My mom told me when I was six, she said, no, she's like, Faye, not all my painters are getting better. Someday, some days I'm one step forward and two steps back. Right. And I was thinking, whoa, this is, this is amazing. Yeah. We made it so difficult on ourselves sometimes, you know? And in, in the world where, like, I... I went to the Boston Conservatory for a BFA musical theater. So this whole world of um, perfectionism in this world of, especially mm. as an artist, the pressure to not fail. Mm. Like we, the, the stigma and in being an artist and having to have it all sorted out when somebody asks you, what do you want as an artist? Or like, what are you creating as an artist? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I personally heard, I didn't hear a lot from teachers, but I took it on as that was like the way to make it as an artist was be perfect, do it right every time, do it better every time. Um, it's a lot. It's exhausting. It really is. That's what actually put me in the hospital. I was in stress ulcers. I was pushing myself too hard and, um, and it's just, it's, it's not healthy and it's not how to live life when you're six feet under like to be driven by perfection not saying don't go and expand or go and try new things or be better it's just that don't let that be like the defining thing of where you get value from mm-hmm. I did it better which means I am better no it just means that day you happen to be doing better at what you did and the mm-hmm. next day if you do quote unquote worse or what you think is worse 
which is never reality because somebody else is going to think it's your best. Mm-hmm. So even what you think is your best isn't actually your best. What you think is your worst isn't actually your worst. Yeah, who's so, there to measure that, right? It's so malleable. Mm-hmm. It's, it's The world of being an artist is so malleable, and it's a privilege. Mm-hmm. And I think partially of what you experience, that all the discoveries, self-realization yep. you've had at such a young age. I wasn't, I don't think I was where you are today when I was 25. But I did notice a tipping point of when I was around like 26, 27, not much later, I started to look at life and evaluate my own life differently. Mm-hmm. And start asking what I want. So a warning is, I think, beginning into your late 20s, um, to me, I think that was really an age of struggle uh, over the course of 27, 8, 9. It's like, oh, okay, I'm approaching 30. I must have accomplished what is my statement what is my signature mm-hmm. all of that mm-hmm. um, I think that there's <laughs> I want to say I'm not part of that and good. I want to pretend like I'm not part of that and that that doesn't bother me and that I can blow over it but it is very much like a, a very much I find for myself and my generation and I don't want to put a blanket statement on it but this this drive to better faster more bigger mm-hmm. um, that seems to perpetuate and keep going mm-hmm. and we actually take a step back and 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 realize how how silly it is to um, let that drive it. I had a friend of mine um, who was 31 years old and he, same, same age as you, he was working, um, it was a story actually in the Somerville in the news on boston.com. He was working, I don't know exactly what happened, um, but something involving work where he was working the phone lines and his head hit a mason retaining wall and he was knocked out, brain dead, in the ICU, no chance of surviving. Um, and three days later, after everybody had seen him, flocks of people had come to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, I took him off life support, and he passed away. And um, I wasn't able to make the wake or the funeral, but a friend of mine sent a photo, and the people going to the wake was it was blocks of people waiting to go see him, just like blocks of people to go see this man. Mm-hmm. And it was just it was one of those wake up points where I was like, what the what do I want to do with my life? Like, what do I actually want to do with my life? And um, I didn't get to this wisdom from ease. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 I am a believer that wisdom and experience, while it does come from success, the meat of it does come from the messy stuff of life. Mm-hmm. Like the, the messiness I like had when I was 18 years old. Um, a friend of mine, she was happy to me as in half Cambodian. Mm-hmm. And... Um, just the pressure of a Vietnamese and Cambodian life stuff for her family. I didn't. I don't know all of it, and I could be making a general assumption right now. But what I know from her own experience, it was a lot, and um, she ended up committing suicide. And she was, I think, eighteen years old. And I was supposed to see her the next day and hang out and watch Desperate Housewives. It was like mm-hmm. you. You just you think you know you have control. You think you can understand the big picture and sometimes it's just a complete waste of time mm-hmm. to just sit there and try to sort it out and 
once again, I'm not invalidating growing and expanding, and that's part of life too, but mm -hmm. to be able to find a dance in that and be able to step back and just appreciate it, mm -hmm. not have to know what's going to come next, mm -hmm. um, or have to have it all handled. I think that's the big one that drives me. It's like, I've got to have it all handled. Mm -hmm. I've got to have it figured out. I've got to know what's coming next. Mm -hmm. And like, I can't even just sit and enjoy like, the things I have right now, it's funny in our culture, right? You go from Thanksgiving being thankful for what you have, mm. and the next day you're going to want more. Yeah, so exactly. Black Friday, like you're just going through, I know, oh right? Right? Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. And so my family kept asking, what do you want? And I was like, I don't want anything. I don't, I don't need anything. They're like, you said need, but what do you actually want? And I said, I still don't want anything. Like, I just want to come home. I haven't been home for Christmas for... I haven't been to my dad's Christmas for over two years. I, I just want to come home and see family. Like, there's got to be something you want. I'm like, I don't know how much louder I can get about this, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, That's really fascinating, I yeah. think. Uh, you know, if I may ask, when the incident happened with your friend, um, the from um, the first and the second story, I don't yeah. know, the second one sounded like you were 18. Yeah. And the first one, when you came to the realization of how you want to live your life, how old were you at the time? That literally happened in September. Like this September, I coached him in a leadership program for about five months and we talked almost daily. Like it was almost daily that we would connect and I would coach or he would call me about something or we would see each other on Friday nights um, in this leadership program. Mm -hmm. And um, it, was, it was here Wednesday morning, mm -hmm. it was 625. I saw my phone blow up and there was a, a comment on Facebook that said, there's somebody shared a status that only you and 24 other people can see. I was like, well, that's kind of weird. I thought it was kind of like, um, you know, people get like hacked and, and emails and stuff like that. So I, I, like, I kind of put it aside. I was like, mm, I know this is coming from. So I swiped it mm -hmm. and looked at it and they were like, hey, by the way, so-and-so is in the hospital and he's on intensive care and we don't know if he's going to wake up. Mm -hmm. And the wind was just knocked out of me. And I went and got taught the class, made it through, called my mom, bawling in the body work room over there, just, just being so clear about what I want to give my life to at right now. Mm -hmm. Who knows if it's forever, but right now, like giving my life to helping people, whatever that may be, mm -hmm. whether that's yoga or being an artist and contributing that, or just sitting with them at coffee, I just got clear that like things are gonna come and go, but like the the value, the connections of people. I've gone through about ten funerals in my life since I was eighteen. Mm -hmm. So losing that many people gets you really clear about the priorities. Mm -hmm. Um and what goes beyond the superficial and what goes beyond the necessary day in, day out to what you need. Mm -hmm. That was very clear for me. Wow, I'm very glad that um we had this conversation before um, I was going to tell you why I was so excited to interview you and so today when I was at uh, work I left for lunch on my own and um, so I brought this little notebook because one of my co-workers said during the most stressful times what if you had a like some little notebook and his was completely uh, beat up right and I had to go to some bookstore and get this like really cute one but it was a really a, a, such a relief when I'm trying to write things down. It's almost like a meditation itself. Mm. But anyway, there's a special page for you. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Dear Diary, about why Lee is so awesome. 
And I try, it is completely disorganized. It's like scribbles all over the place, but I never started any podcast this way. Mm. And, um, but I said, what are some of the words that come to mind? And I was going to form these words into questions I may ask you. And I realized I don't have the form questions that were just going to come naturally. Okay. So uh, some of the words that came to mind are compassion, you know, joy, uh, beauty, balance, authenticity, integration, integrations in you as a yogi, a dancer, a singer, all of the above, mm. and the teacher, and um, connection, exploration, like you're a student who's constantly learning and always willing to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see you when you're 60s, 70s, 80s, 90, that you'll still be you, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, I was thinking about like some adjectives like cheerful, hopeful, possible, um, it, you know, and, and vocal. Um, and visceral um, connection and I was thinking okay uh, I was gonna stop there I was like but, but wait one more it's just a few more I think about what you know you make everybody feel so energized um, but at the same time what other people feel as a result I'm speaking on behalf of other people their students of you hmm. uh, I might stalk them and maybe interview them on the way out uh, <laughs> <laughs> why is Lee so awesome and, and record now is calmness and peacefulness yeah it's really interesting right it's um, all the energy but yet you feel uh, a sense of peace of mind and so I was thinking you know transparent uh, optimistic and and you're an enabler you sort of enable enable and activate and motivate others so that's it's a lot all at once I, I just had to to build all around um, and it's it's really amazing I was thinking that every time I rush to Coolidge Corner after work from downtown crossing it takes me about 45 minutes to an hour versus uh, over the weekend probably would be like 15 to 20 minutes right and I'm always rushing the point of getting here is to be calm and stretch out and feel the love but by the time I get here I'm usually sweaty and pissed <laughs> off and <laughs> You know, it's like I'm trying to hurry so I can get here and relax. Yeah. And then um, that I then I see you, and there is now you, you told me that the tragic story happened in September. I believe that's somehow approximately when we met for the first time, mm-hmm. and I didn't have a clue about that because mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't tell you, didn't carry it on you, and you continue to project your energy mm-hmm. in such a positive way onto everybody else. Mm-hmm. So let me pause for a second. Like, are you surprised to hear all that? Or are you used to it? <laughs> um, no, it's not. It's uh, I'll be completely frank. It's not that I'm surprised to hear it, but it's still something for me to get used to to be acknowledged in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's part of me is like, oh, if you only knew, like, if you only knew it was also going beyond, like, behind that, mm-hmm. and also it's happening in front of you. Um, it's like it's it's the dance of like being a teacher of walking the walk and doing the work um i feel like any great teacher is somebody who's willing to walk the walk mm-hmm. like i was just talking to somebody yesterday just about like the i'm not surprised by it because those are definitely like things that i i love about myself and like i definitely like whenever I'm not having so great of a day or things are not going the way I'd like them to go, um, hearing somebody else, how they listen to me definitely 
pulls me out of that usually. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think students really get the difference you make on teachers. Like, it, it's cyclical. It's not just like, I can have the crappiest day and go teach my Tuesday 545 class here and it'll alter my day. Like, we also look forward, I, I won't speak for everybody, but I also look forward to teaching for the people that I get to see. Mm -hmm. It's not just, like, the other way around, too. So, um... Your classes are always packed. I, I value, I value students. Like, I, I know you guys, like, quite frankly, you could choose anybody. The city is saturated with yoga. Yeah, I was you could, ask you. You could choose whoever you wanted to go to. And yes, some people come for time. Yes, people, some come for convenience and mm -hmm. some come for whatever reasons but it's um it's i value who shows up in the room and sometimes it can be misconstrued as caring too much mm -hmm. totally understand that but i don't care mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and i think also um where you're asking if it if it's something new to me, it's not new, but it's always it's always nice mm -hmm. to be appreciated. It's it's sometimes being a yoga teacher can be very lonely, which people it's funny because you can be in front of a ton of people and still have the experience of being alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as part of my listeners, uh, you know, I, I don't really know about the age range. There are kind of there's a pretty big spectrum uh, spectrum to mm -hmm. be honest, and. Um, there are a lot of people thinking about freelancing or just inventing something as an entrepreneur and some of my friends have thought about being a yoga, you know, yoga teachers and some eventually left their jobs um, doing what I was doing, advertising, consulting, and became mm -hmm. yoga teachers. Mm -hmm. I think in recent years, as in the past five to eight years, uh, to your point, it's become very competitive. Mm -hmm. Um, so people who are still dreaming, thinking about this career, mm -hmm. I would love for them to get a sense from you what it's really like. Um, it's a business. Mm -hmm. It's like any other business. Um, but it's also for me, it's, it's, let, let me kind of like compartmentalize it, I guess. I mean, it's all one picture, but I want to kind of give the, the, the listeners as well as people who are interested in it, um, different avenues to look at it for some parts people are going to check out and other parts people are going to be highly interested in so as a business you are your own business right like you're you're handling your own finances most of the time you're handling your own taxes like taking out of your paychecks you're handling your own self-promotions you're handling so there's a very big entrepreneurial part of that if that's not something you're willing to do just going to be completely honest if it's not if it's something you want to do full time and that's something that's your concern might not be the path for you mm -hmm. or start to look at avenues that'll help you to be freed up around that mm -hmm. um work to me feels like play mm -hmm. like teaching classes feels like play to me um and so there's this capacity for myself that I found that, okay, like now that I've got the rudimentary mechanisms down of like, of how I sequence a class, the rest I can play with. And now I'm at this tipping point where, okay, I've played in this way for so long of how I taught and I've kind of been, I don't want to say struck is the word I'm using, uh, uh, started to delve into different ways of looking at how I teach there's a whole new ground to break for me right now where I'm at. So as a yoga teacher, it's never finite. 
it's constantly evolving just like anything in the health and wellness field so there's a sense of like being grounded among transition in it that if that's not something you have a, a, a depth of or a, a capacity in um, at first can be very scary it can be very daunting to to be able to be with transition and move through that stuff um, that being said um, if you have any ounce of exploring it do so like if you have any ounce if you've ever had the inkling of a thought of like I want to be a yoga teacher like try like not try because you can't you do or do not right mm -hmm. Um, you can't try to be pregnant. You either are or you aren't. Right? I mean, you can try in the action itself. Sorry, like that's not what I mean to say. But like, either you are or you aren't. It's like the, it's the reality of it, right? Either you do it, you go for it, or you don't, mm -hmm. right? So if there's any inkling of doing it, I say try it out, go for it, explore, see if it is, and then choose. Mm -hmm. It's it's like it's like talking about running a marathon. And thinking about it and overanalyzing it and looking at the time that you spent thinking and analyzing and talking about it that you could have spent actually trying to run or going for runs or doing a half marathon and then choosing, okay, mm -hmm. is that what I want to do next? Mm -hmm. It's like when people are like, oh, I'm too inflexible for yoga, but you've never been to a yoga class, so you don't know. <laughs> right. You don't right. know. Um, so the, the world of being a yoga teacher for me was also unique for how I got in the door. I worked at Lululemon for a year. So I had these connections that were already starting to um, come to fruition when I left the company. So I already was connected into studios. I already knew people who were in the in the field, which is a different avenue than what some people have. Some people have no connections to different studios other than being a student there. Mm -hmm. So, um, and trust me, there are plenty of people out there in the world that need yoga. Mm -hmm. That, that would benefit from it. So there's not a lack of um, of resources and there's not a lack of people looking for it or don't know where to look or, or are unclear about the value that they could get from it. They have some story about what yoga is. Mm -hmm. um, I think some of the benefits is being the teacher, the flexibility, yeah, and the the you know the freedom of schedule, mm -hmm. the 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 um, the the flexibility of schedule, like the the things you can the like just like the other benefits I'd say it's just like it's a career where you're ongoingly going to grow and develop in, mm -hmm. um, and that's a privilege. Like to like at some jobs just don't mm -hmm. right some just you you're there and you're there mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the end right um and the other privilege is just like the, the like it's a gift like some people can see it as a job that you just go in and you do and you wear black stretchy pants and you say a few words and you throw a few things out there but like <laughs> for me it's really been a privilege it's it's a privilege to give back to the people and and I remember one of the teachers here, I don't, I don't know if it's true or not, but said that being like teacher comes from the word um, like rabbi or like, um, so like the responsibility is as, as us as teachers to know what we're talking about mm -hmm. um, and the responsibility of us to know what we're giving, right? Because mm -hmm. people put their bodies in our hands mm -hmm. in a way. Um, and there's a trust that's built and so having that foundation of trust as a teacher um, 
to take responsibility for that is is um it's also part of of being a yoga teacher too Mm -hmm. um but at the end of the day like i love it like i i I never thought that at 25 this is what i'd be doing like the career was like finish your bfa go to new york try to make it as a starving worker hopefully get something hopefully somebody wants you for your height Mm -hmm. and then run with it Mm -hmm. um I never thought I would be doing this. How tall are you exactly? Six nine. Six nine. Wow, good for you. <laughs> so, you know, it, 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 if any listeners out there are have any interest, like, give yourself this space to explore and then go from there. Mm-hmm. Like, don't let circumstances get in the way. Don't let finances get in the way. Don't let the outside world have an impact on something that, you, that you're passionate about. That's what I do for a living is I live my passions. Mm-hmm. And I your teach. passions honestly, goes above and beyond just yoga. Yeah. And yeah. there's dancing and singing. Am I leaving anything Yeah, else? so musical theater. Um, wow. Now going towards a personal training degree as well. Wow. Um, so passions also, I, I love writing. So I write like mini vignette stories. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever... How I like to think of my writing is, um, as if you had a moment in time and then you stop the time and you had a magnifying glass looking at the whole moment. Um, I think that's what I love about being an artist and performing is that it's so in the moment, as much as we want to recreate that exact moment, mm-hmm. you can't. Mm-hmm. It's like taking the picture, right? The yeah. Gone and yeah. Gone. That moment is gone. Yeah. And it, there's, there's. The tragedy of it is that we don't stay, we're not in the present enough to know that we're in the present. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're already on to the next thing and the next thing. So, like, my, my passions are, are dancing, it's, it's singing, it's theater, it's writing, it's reading, it's, it's personal training lately, recently. Um, leadership work is something I'm really passionate about, too. What is that? Um, so, uh, I've done about two and a half years of um, leadership and development work with a global company um, that its only purpose on the planet is to empower people and what matters to them, mm-hmm. um, whatever, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and so and I find that with any, I had a good conversation with another teacher about this, like if you're looking to be somebody in the yoga field or in, in just in general, right? Like trying some sort of like leadership or coaching experience or mm-hmm. you know self-development to go along with whatever your passion even if it's not anywhere near that if it's like being a scientist right or like being a dad mm-hmm. like or being a stay-at-home mom or being a working mom or um wanting to invent like the next cure for cancer mm-hmm. right self-development is such a beautiful compliment to any of or any or every field of life that I recommend anybody does it. However you find it too, right? One house many rooms when it comes to leadership and development work mm-hmm. for the self, I, I find to be highly valuable. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Tony Robbins or it's Landmark Worldwide or if it's, you know, LifeSpring or if it's even yoga, like for many people it's self-development. So that is also a big passion of mine is having people just be lit up about what they want to do mm-hmm. and Tony um, Robbins you know it's uh, people like to debate over that I'm a fan yeah and I didn't want to be a fan for the first <laughs> for the longest time just because 
But now I think about how, how tall, who's taller, you or Tony Robbins? I don't know how tall he is. I've never, I see, I don't, and I don't know enough about his programs to talk about him too. So like, I don't know exactly what goes on in many of these programs, right? Yeah. I just know from my own experience, what I've gotten from mine and mm. um, everybody's going to have their own experiences. And it's mm. so funny when I was a kid, even a couple years ago, I used to be so righteous about like, no, you want to do this? Cause this is the way it's going to work and this is the best way it's going to happen. <laughs> um, but I've come to just kind of be a lot more lax about it. Be like, okay, does it work for you? I came to that realization right. last year when I was 30. So you are five, <laughs> <laughs> you're five years ahead of me. Good for you. I consider myself to be not extremely advanced, but like somewhat, somewhat advanced than, you know, like people. And, and I always had, um, I guess one of the almost a struggle I had is I always felt older mm. than I actually was, mm. and especially when I was eighteen, all my friends are twenty eight, thirty. Mm-hmm. But now nobody cares. It's like mm. your friends are forty, fifty. Nobody cares. I just had this conversation <laughs> with another teacher. Literally, when I when I was getting body worked on right before this, it was like mm. just you're thirty one years old. Mm. I'm 25 and there's, it's okay to be where we're at. Like where we're at is not bad. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying this is the case for you at all, but for, for, for me, it's like a lot of what can drive me is like, this isn't it. This mm-hmm. isn't it. There's that next thing. There's that next thing. That's going to be it. That's going to be it. And then once you're there, you're like, it's the next thing is that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there can be a pressure and you can kind of hear it in the culture Mm -hmm. and the conversations about knowing more and being better and being the best and being on top and um, having it all handled or being enlightened or um, being successful that get pushed way out to the extreme Mm -hmm. and then we don't actually appreciate like the tremendous lives that we have. I mean, how great is it that our biggest problem right now, like for us right now is having this conversation. Like that's the biggest thing we have to deal with right now. It's not like getting eaten by a lion. It's not trying to find food, right? It's not trying to find a house or, you know, knowing where our next paycheck is coming from. It's like, the thing that we quote unquote have to deal with right now or be a part of is this conversation. Like it's extraordinary. Like even a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. being 25 and 31 meant something completely different. Yeah. 200 years ago. You, you, you should be glad 200 years ago. You should be glad that you're still living and yeah. you're 25. Yeah. And so it's just to kind of like take that moment to be like, you think your life is really hard and you're dealing with these struggles, but it's like, taking that moment to just appreciate and put into perspective like how amazing our lives really are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and like if doing your laundry at the right time is the biggest problem you have one of my friends goes she's like if that's your problem you gotta get a bigger problem <laughs> you're gonna need a like, bigger problem you're gonna need a bigger problem because like, life's gonna have problems yeah yeah welcome to life Mm-hmm. Life, it so what can be difficult. Yeah, yeah. And I think the reason 
why I uh, I think I immediately saw a connection. Granted, we never had dinner together. We never sat down like this ever. We didn't grab coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in a class of many classes of yours, and I'm just stunned. I'm very interested in how other people respond to, uh, in this case, how you teach, how mm-hmm. the things you say, the things you don't have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I think one day I surprised you by saying that I, I find your energy to be irresistible, which means, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you believe in what you're doing is the right thing, you feel good about what you're doing, you don't need, you're not someone who need approval to do what you do mm-hmm. and people will latch onto it. Mm-hmm. And a week ago I was interviewing this uh, musician, Ralph Peterson Jr. for my podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, he was very open about, he's like, I'm a, musician's musician which means i don't work for the record company i'm not going to write music that's going to please a crowd for a certain period of time or certain Mm -hmm. age Mm -hmm. because what if they change their mind you got to change your music Mm -hmm. and change who you are Mm -hmm. and i thought it was really deep and and that's a feeling i got from your class Mm -hmm. is i look around you know you know how it goes ages 18 to 80 or 70 here Mm -hmm. uh and and everybody was in sync and I think we we divide in this world um, you know it, it, I think United States is like the country that does this the least is to categorize people by age or by race because we're all this hodgepodge where mm-hmm. you know and yet still sometimes we talk about people that way that you're young I'm old you're an artist and I'm not and you create a class where uh, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. We are a team. We are one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think that is really powerful. And I guess my my uh, follow up question I was wanting to ask you is: Have you uh, always been this way, and have you always been supported this way by your family and and friends, or is this something that you created out of your experience, kind of over index the other way? You know, I I often think about. It. Oh, yeah. I could be pretty righteous. Um, <laughs> Here it comes. Yeah, it's I. Uh, it's it's all going back to doing the work, and I'm nowhere. You know, I'm I'm never going. I'm perfect as I am, and I'm never going to be perfect. And I'm always going to strive just innately into being a better person. Um, that started probably about two and a half, three years ago. <laughs> like prior to that. I would have asked you a question so that I could talk mm-hmm. so that you would ask me about it. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't, I would say it anyways. Um, uh, you know, probably three or four years ago, just in being like a, you know, just being a young 20 year old, like 19, 20, like thought the world was all about me and definitely still have those times where I want it to be about me or I think it's all about me or that it should be all about me. Right. <laughs> um, and um, it hasn't always come like that. And there are still times in my life where it, I still go back to that, where I want it to be about me or I still look for approval. And that does like that, that doesn't go away. I'm getting better at being aware of it, but, um, uh, it still happens. Definitely. Like I still want people to like my classes. Like I still want people to like me. And that's, that's, 
I'm not saying that's ever going to go anywhere. I can just start to be an adult about when that happens. I'll be like, okay, do I really need their approval? Or do, do what's the thing that's behind it? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not always pretty. I'm not saying it's going to be pretty. Um, but definitely wasn't always like this. Um, and I think to go back to what you were talking about before too in the classes that I find that there is a dance. There's a dance of offering what I have to offer as a teacher and also listening to what's in the room. It makes no sense for me to teach, let's say, that everybody's lying on a bolster in a class. Like a, a bolster, for those of you who don't know in yoga, is like a half body pillow that you can use along your spine or in different ways to support the body. If I were thinking about teaching an upward energy class where everybody's lying down on their back, it would be a complete disservice. Unless I found a way to gently bring them back up. And even in that process, if I'm seeing resistance and fighting the room, there's a certain responsibility as a teacher to listen to what's going on out there with my students. So to say to not listen to whatever's going on out there, I think is a little too far. But I think that there is a listening to be like, what what can I offer? that's going to benefit them that I know will. And then what's going, what's needed, what's required that's in front of me. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that didn't come right away. That came with the self-development and the leadership work and, and the, the practicing of teaching and listening from other teachers who, who are at where I want to be, or, um, just being in the space of, of all of, of, of yoga and self-development and the world of being an artist is that, it's uh, it's a responsibility of us to also offer what's what's needed out there. So that concludes part one of my conversation with Lee. In part two, we started off talking about the workshops Lee conducted at Coolidge Corner Yoga. I have been to two yoga workshops focusing on the third and the fifth chakra. If you're new to this concept, chakra represents each of the centers of spiritual power in the human body, usually considered to be seven in number. Lee loves creating a forum that fosters healthy dialogues, evoking reactions to help people reflect upon the assumptions and the choices they make. It is fascinating when people start to confront their true feelings. The feedback coming out of the exercise can be very powerful. So make sure you tune in and I'll see you very soon. To listen to more episodes of the Face World podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or visit faceworld.com. That is F-E-I-S-W-O-R-L-D, where you can find show notes, links, other tools, and resources. You can also follow me on Twitter at Face World. Until next time, thanks for listening.